Listener supported. WNYC Studios. Hey, Lulu here. Whether we are romping through science, music, politics, technology, or feelings, we seek to leave you seeing the world anew. Radiolab adventures right on the edge of what we think we know. Wherever you get podcasts. Brian Litter on WNYC, and our last 15 minutes or so of the show will be with a guest, but for those of you currently parenting children at home, 212-433-WNYC, on the question, how gentle should your parenting style be? Why do we ask? Last month, The Cut, part of New York Magazine, published a piece titled The Rise of the Accidentally Permissive Parent, documenting how the, quote, gentle parenting movement may be creating a generation of boundaryless children whose needs are being put above the needs of their parents. Respect, rules, and punishments have fallen to the wayside. This theory goes as parents try to right the wrongs of their own childhoods through raising their own children in this way. So listeners, does this sound like you? Or are you an advocate of gentle parenting? What does that mean to you? Do you find that you try to be a gentle parent, but then your children are kind of out of control and you can't um, uh, keep them in within various boundaries when you want to? Give us a call, 212-433-WNYC. I mean, parenting is hard, and we're not here to judge how people parent And for those of you of a certain age, you might say, haven't we been having this conversation at least since like Dr. Spock in the 1950s and later T. Barry Brazelton and now Dr. Becky? Uh, This uh, debate is as old as the hills, but we want to hear from people currently raising young children at home. 212-433-WNYC. If your children are grown, sit this one out. This is for parents of kids in the house right now. Did anybody read the piece on the cut called The Rise of the Accidentally Permissive Parent? 212-433-WNYC, 212-433-9692. And joining us now is the author of that article, Elizabeth Passarella, magazine writer and author of the essay collections, It Was an Ugly Couch Anyway, and Good Apple. Elizabeth, welcome to WNYC. Thank you for coming on for this. Thank you so much for having me. So we could enter so many places. Uh, Do you want to enter on how parents trying the gentle parenting methods are sometimes reacting to the way they were parented when they were kids? Yes, I think that is so true. Um, You know, the, the term gentle parenting, you hear things like, respectful parenting, you hear intentional parenting, conscious parenting, you mentioned Dr. Becky, she calls it sturdy parenting. They all, I think, fall under this larger umbrella of parents who, you know, I'm a firm Gen Xer, I'm, a, I'm 47, I have three children, um, who are maybe grew up with uh, stricter, more traditional parenting. Uh, maybe there was corporal corporal punishment in their home. There was uh, the because I said so or children should be seen and not heard mm. type of parenting. And 
I think that we as a generation of parents are simply trying to uh, do it a little bit gentler, and that's where that word is coming from. We're trying to be a little bit kinder, a little less reactionary, and yet I do think that gentle parenting as a term is just a very murky stew. Uh, the problem is that there is just a lot of noise about what that looks like. And so, yes, we are trying to, as a reaction against maybe the way we were parented, do it a bit differently, um, validate our children's emotions a little bit more, show a little bit more kindness and empathy and understanding for what our children are going through. And yet, I do think that there is a lot of just confusion about what that looks like. You know, I, I spoke to two psychologists who did a small study, Alice Davidson and Annie Pazala. They've done this small study that sort of asks a, a group of parents uh, what their parenting philosophies looked like. And they said, if you identify someone who is trying to be a quote-unquote gentle parent, you know, what does that actually mean? And the, the terms they heard most often were these parents are trying to, from the beginning, regulate their own emotions. So they're trying to be calm in the face of chaos. They're trying to name their children's emotions and validate those children's emotions. You, know, you seem angry or I can see that you're upset right now, trying to help them cope. And then there's just a lot of affection, a lot of warmth, a lot of love, a lot of hugs. They're trying to not be angry and not yell and scream. But um, I think that most gentle or respectful parenting experts would probably say there's much more to it than that. But I right. do think that that is a good roadmap, a good overview of what parents are um, looking at yeah. and what they think that this movement looks like. And then in the media, in addition to your article being shared a lot. You know, we see these memes of 10-year-olds running wild in Sephora, making a mess of the uh, testers while their parents sit by and don't do anything. The kid on the playground who snatched a toy from your kid's hands and then didn't say sorry and the parent didn't make them. You know, so that's what, that's what goes around as, um, oh, this is what gentle parenting is creating. Yes. And I think, and listen, I have one of those 11 year olds who loves to go to Sephora. So I just want to say that I am in it with these parents. I understand. Um, parenting is really hard. And I think that what has happened, and again, I don't want to associate when we talk about the rise of the accidental permissive parent, this permissive parenting that a lot of us are seeing in our lives. Um, I don't think that I'm not putting those on the same uh, plane as gentle parenting. I think that what's happened is um, gentle parenting and the proponents of it, what, what they're asking of parents is really hard. Um, sometimes you're sitting in the middle of a tantrum. You're sort of waiting things out. You're trying to, again, stay calm and measured and regulate your own emotions. That's difficult. You're trying to be patient while your child has a tantrum. You're trying to set really firm boundaries and hold to it, but sometimes that can take a long time. So what has ended up happening, I think, and of course I see this in my own life too, is that the easier way out is to be reactionary, to yell, to say things like I'm selling the dog or whatever it is, which we are trying not to do, or to give in. And so I think to stop the whining, to not to stop the negotiating or the arguing, you give in because parenting is hard and we are exhausted and, and overworked and overstressed. And so I think this permissive parenting and this bad behavior that a lot of us are seeing in, in our lives and, and teachers are seeing in school sometimes is not gentle parenting. It's gentle parenting gone wrong. It's mm -hmm. people trying and sort of, um, you know, feeling overwhelmed and not exactly knowing how to implement it because it is very difficult. And therefore, they are sort of in an exhausted, throw up your hands kind of way. They're letting those children's emotions, you know, take over and then that's where you get that bad behavior. Let's hear some parent stories in our remaining time. Heather in Morris County, you're on WNYC. Hi, Heather. 
Hi, how are you? Thank you for taking my call. Um, I actually chose my uh, children's school. I have children ranging from 11 to 4 um, because they use what's called a positive discipline method, which I think is fantastic in theory, but like uh, you said, you know, the pendulum can swing um, to becoming, especially after the pandemic when everyone, every, you know, we were all so dysregulated that um, it becomes permissive. And we actually even saw that in the school. And the pendulum is kind of swinging back toward the middle of, you know, kind and firm. And we need to learn uh, as parents what that balance is of kind but firm. Um, and I think we also ourselves are, like, learning all of these skills as parents when we haven't really been taught the, you know, the tolerance, the self-regulation, the emotional regulation ourselves. So, you know, we need to learn how to model what those boundaries are ourselves before we can teach our children or the students in schools in mm -hmm. the case of, of yeah. my children. Um, it, we have to go back to learning ourselves. Um, nice, nicely put, Heather. Thank you. Hope in Amityville has a story, I think. Hope you're on WNYC. Hi. Hi, thank you so much for taking my call. Um, it was so funny to hear this because this morning as I was getting my daughter ready for school, my dad picks her up and she just starts having a tantrum. She's three years old and she has a new baby brother at home. So we try to be very sensitive to that. Um, but now, you know, she's kind of kicking and literally screaming her way into the car. And my dad tells me, you know, this is a, an important moment. <laughs> you cannot let her win this. And so she has not come out of her nose and tears, and I send her to school with him. And he says, you know, I'm proud of you. And I'm like, I don't know if I'm proud of me. I don't know if I did the right thing. I don't want to be permissive, but I also don't want to gaslight her feelings, and I want to be there for her. So I didn't know. So it's hard to find that balance. Uh, Elizabeth, you hearing a lot of stories like this in your reporting? <laughs> so many stories like this, and uh, so many stories that I've heard from other parents and experienced in my own life, for sure. I think, too, that, yes, I think that is the hard thing is when are we doing, when are we, are, you know, giving in and when are we holding a line that's important? And I think that it's going to change depending on your temperament and your kid's temperament. There was one psychologist that I spoke to, Rebecca Hirschberg, that I loved what she said, and I've repeated it to myself many times, is you need to have a household with a high level of love and a high level of limits. And the proportionality of that will change throughout the day or the week. There are going to be days where you need to enforce the limits more, and there's going to be days where you need to throw those out the window and cuddle on the couch and watch a movie and have high levels of love and maintain that connection. And I do think that what a lot of people struggle with in the gentle parenting movement is, okay, yes, I do want to validate my children's feelings, but I have to get to work, and my children does have to go to school. And so I, 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 I hear you, and I sympathize, and I think that it is, it is really difficult but I think that um, I would probably, and I'm a more traditional parent in my own household, but I would say that, you know, our kids do really need us to win and they do need to know that someone's in charge. I do think it makes them feel safe and it makes them feel um, confident to know that, that there is an adult who is in charge. I think we can do that in a gentle way, but also really hold those firm boundaries. And I do think that's important. Here's Eric in South Orange, who told our screener he's an advocate for not yelling. Eric, you're on WNYC. Hello. Hi, Brian. Thanks so much for taking my call. Um, I just wanted to make the point, for me as an advocate of gentle parenting, I think like one of the things that I've adopted is to just I just never yell at my kids, which is not to say I'm never angry at them. And they know that, that I'm angry at them, but I just have decided that 
raising my voice in a punitive way is almost feels to me like violence to them and I can convey to them that what they're doing is unacceptable. You know, it's not necessarily that the substance is soft of the parenting, but the style is soft. And for me, like, I just never yell at them. I don't think either of my kids has ever heard me use my full shouting voice mm-hmm. because I feel like in a way that's kind of a, an act of violence towards them. And, you know, the result of it is they're, vo- they're both very responsive when I say, that's not okay. I'm upset. You know, if you keep doing this, we're going to have a problem. And I can just say it in a, in a voice that's not, you know, yelling. And obviously that relies a lot on me having to do work in myself and my own emotional regulation and not letting, you know, the, right. the mercury but, hit the top of but the if you're gonna But if you're going to do that, then you have to do it in a way that still communicates that you're going to set this boundary in some way, right? Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, I'm very clear about the fact that what they're doing is not acceptable and there are consequences, but it just never takes the form of what I believe to be something that is sort of, you know, destructive in a way. Thank you very much. Um, I think our last comment is going to come from a text message. Listener writes, I am a parent of a three and a half year old and practice respectful parenting a la Magda Gerber's approach. One big thing in disciplining in this mindset is that no one learns in moments of feeling shame. I'll never force my kid to say sorry, for instance, but will model that apology instead. Interesting, not forcing your kid to say sorry. And what did you want to say in response to that and the last caller? Uh, Sure. Well, I was going to say, first of all, Eric, bless you for not yelling at your children. That's a really hard thing to do. I have a temper. I'm sort of a yeller. I think... Um, what I would say to parents who maybe don't have that much self-control is we all are going to screw up. And we, I think what we need to model for our children also is just the importance of apologizing, asking for forgiveness. Uh, you know, I think this is one thing that my generation didn't get from our own parents quite as much as we wish we did. It's just that I am sorry I screwed up. Do you forgive me? So I think that can go a long way for parents mm-hmm. who are struggling and mm-hmm. are trying to be kinder and gentler but also mess yes. up a lot. So I just want to say that. Yeah. And in terms of, you know, not saying you're sorry, listen, I mean, there are a lot of gentle parenting experts who would, who would, who would advocate that, who talk about that. I do think the, um, the existence of shame, sort of shaming your children into doing something is not really going to teach them a great lesson. But I also think some of the critics of gentle parenting would say, okay, we're, we're focusing so much on the child who was done wrong and whether or not we should make them say they're sorry. What about the child who was wronged, who was hit, who was bitten, who was hit on the head with the dump truck? Um, right. How are we ex- experiencing their feelings. So listen, it's difficult. And I think that you are going to have to trust your gut and make decisions that might look different from other parents. I would tell my child to say they're sorry. Would I drag them kicking and screaming over there and force it out of them? No, maybe we take a little time out and then come back. Maybe we'd write a note down the road or color a picture for that child to sort of express that. But I do think that, um, yes, that is what the critics of dental parenting would say is, but what about that other child? They should, they should get some sort of resolution for right. that. So listen, Hopefully. it's hard. We're not always going to do it right. But, um, but I think that no parent is trying to raise disrespectful children. So I think we just and need to give each other a lot of grace and try not to be judgmental. There we leave it. And hopefully a little bit of help for some of you struggling with the complexities of parenthood. We thank Elizabeth Passarella, magazine writer and author of the essay collections. It was an ugly couch anyway, and good apple. Her piece in the cut is titled The Rise of the Accidentally Permissive Parent. Thanks so much, Elizabeth. Thank you for having me.